Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. Hosts James Curtis talk to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. It's the Between the Grooves Christmas special. This is James Curtis. So glad you could join us. You know, we are bringing back many of our previous guests over the last year to share some Christmas memories. But before we do that, Santa is here. Black Santa. Drew Brown. <laughs> so good to have you. <laughs> good to be back, man. Drew Brown co-hosting with me for this Christmas episode, and it just makes sense because a lot of the guests we've spoken to were were just that. It was you and I chatting with them. So uh, it's so good to have you back. What have you been up to over the last few months? Oh, man, surviving the pandemic. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be back in the studio. Well, at least, you know, through these electronic means of working with you and being a part of the show again it's been good um yeah diving deeper into music as things sort of opened up a bit more i was able to do more studio work and a little bit more traveling not much obviously right um and actually dipped my toe back into uh, a little bit of church ministry which is nice sort of working at a church in downtown toronto area just sort of helping out and you know serving when i can and just trying to uh get back to music i missed being an artist so much, you know, spread my wings out a little bit and get back to being creative again. Sure. And it's kind of kind of back to that normal, which isn't quite normal yet, but it's it's right. getting there. It's getting better. It's getting there. I'm yeah. optimistic. Uh, you keep yeah. hearing things in the news where you think, oh, it's uh, two steps forward, one step back. That's inevitable, I suppose. But uh, hopefully things just continue to get uh, better and better. So... So glad to have you here for Christmas. This oh, is going to be a celebration. Lots of uh, fun stories from some of our guests to share with us. I know it's been a difficult couple of years. I know even with our pandemic Christmas special last year, it was, you know, you're hearing the stories of, of people not being able to gather together, even being apart from loved ones. So it's it's difficult. And even now so where, you know, maybe some loved ones are no longer around, right? Around. Just because, right. Yeah. because of uh, circumstances and not necessarily just pandemic related. My dad passed away about a year and a half ago and I'm still getting used to that whole, you know, let's get together for Christmas and he's not there. Now he was deteriorating over a period of time anyway. So the last few times he was there, he, you know, wasn't all there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's different kind of getting used to the to the new norm, getting used yeah. to doing things a little differently. I'm glad that it's less video calls and more in-person stuff than it, yes. you know, than it was a year ago, I suppose. Yeah, same here. It's it's good to actually connect with people in person. It's good to play shows. It's good to, you know, be able to just kind of live life. Again, not completely normal, like you said. We're still in this weird stage, you know, lots of masks and lots of distancing, but at least it feels a bit closer to just being back to normal and having small chances to connect with family when you can and friends when you can. But yeah, like, especially as I travel, as I sort of meet people, I'm hearing all these stories of um, people, not just artists, but just everybody who, yeah, like you said, who just went through it and maybe even still going through it, especially in this Christmas season. Christmas can be a hard season for many people anyway, let alone in a pandemic, yeah. and let yeah. alone coming out of this part of the pandemic and moving into something else. So it's really 
awesome to have a sense of normalcy, but at the same time, I see people who are still in the thick of it, and it's just as hard as it was last year. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a beautiful and tough season for many of us. Yeah, I think everybody deals with it in different ways. One of our guests this past year was Hannah Kerr, and yeah. she had some stressful moments in Christmas's past, and she joins us now to tell us the story about it. Yeah, so the best Christmas gift that I've ever gotten was from my brother Michael. Um, I had this teddy bear all growing up um, from the time I think I was three years old. I got it, and I named him Fuzz Nookie. Don't ask. I don't know why that's his name, but that's what I named him. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really nice. His He was like a T.Y. bear, and his original name was yep. Fuzz. Oh, and why. then my parents gave him to me because I had given up my pacifier, which I called a Nookie. I don't know. Mm. So N-U-K-Y, I don't know. You're laughing, I hear it. Um, So anyways, I had that bear all growing up and it was so special to me. And I always said like, I'm going to take this with me to college and on the road and all this stuff. Well, I lost him. Um, I don't know where, I don't know when, but I lost him. And I was so sad about that. I was like, Fuzz Nookie is somewhere out in the world just without me. And when I was, I think, a sophomore in college, my brother Michael found an exact replica of Fuzz Nookie and gave him to me for Christmas. And I remember opening that bear and just crying. (laughs) It was like I was three again, just opening the bear for the first time. And there's just so many good memories associated with that bear and growing up in Buffalo. And then he was with me through our move to Nashville. And oh man, it was just such a sweet and thoughtful gift. And every Christmas, we always talk about how like he can give me any gift for the rest of my life. But I don't think anything will ever compare to giving me my childhood stuffed animal in a new form. <laughs> Such an emotional moment. Yes, That's it was. Awesome. It really was. Yeah, I guess. My mom. My mom took a picture because my mom always has her camera out, taking pictures of us opening our presents, and I had legitimate tears in my eyes. <laughs> like, oh, it's just so silly, but. It, it means a lot, and it meant a lot that it came from him, that he knew that that would be something that I loved, and yeah. he meant it to be funny, but then I cried. So then he was like, oh yeah, I totally meant it to be and you, but you still, But you still have it, right? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's in, yeah, it's in my room right now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I love happy endings. I love when things just work out like that. It's great. Yeah, nice when everything works out in the end. You know, so a couple of guests that I was able to bring in a few weeks back, you'll know Ben as Neon Feather and Chris Cron, Mr. Producer as well. They formed this group called All Creatures, and I know you've heard the conversation. Now, they had some stressful moments to share with us as well. I I have the first thing that pops into my head is a little embarrassing, um, but it's like the one thing that I... Well, <laughs> to say the one thing is probably an understatement, but it's a thing that I look back on in my childhood and I'm like, am I crazy? Because <laughs> uh, as a kid growing up, going Christmas tree shopping was so anxiety inducing. I have no idea why. <laughs> What's stressful Every- about that? I know. I don't know. I don't know if like... I don't know what it is, and maybe this is better suited for a therapy session than, than this, but I, every year for a pocket of, of my childhood, it, time would come to do Christmas tree shopping, and I would just, I just could not bring myself willingly to go, and it was like, I would just get so 
stressed out about going because I don't know if my family just took really long or like what, but I just was like, I just can't do it. I cannot go. I just cannot go do Christmas tree shopping. And so that's my, <laughs> that's the thing that I always think about. Like every Christmas, I'm like, man, why did I, why did I hate that so much? I don't know. Okay, what about you? Oh, uh, man. Um, well, I have a funny story. So my, my family grew up going Christmas caroling every year. Uh, we had 16 cousins on my dad's side, and we'd all get together, all aunts and uncles and all of us, and go caroling around my grandparents' neighborhood. And so moving out here to Tennessee, my wife and I wanted to carry on that tradition. And uh, we didn't really know a ton of people in our neighborhood, and we're like, this will be a great way to get to know our neighbors. And we'll so we put... A little invitation to like caroling and then have like cider and cocoa and all that stuff um, at our house afterwards we put an invitation in everyone's mailbox in our neighborhood and I think two families showed up oh, <laughs> so no. we ended up inviting some friends from church as well and I'm like leading at the front I've got my scarf and my uh, my hoodie on and I'm ready and uh, leading the pack, and I would go and knock on the first door. And I said, good, <laughs> good afternoon, can we sing you a Christmas song? And the guy says, no, and slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas that was to you, the too. <laughs> very first time. And that happened like three or four times while we wow. were out that day. Uh, people, like some guy came to the door and was like, what are you guys selling? <laughs> no, nothing, we just want to sing you a song. Right. No, no, no thanks. <laughs> and shut the door. So that, uh, I don't know if that strengthened my resolve to keep going because we we've done it now every ever since and have have people uh, warmed up to it now? People have warmed up to it. Our neighborhood has uh, we've had some new younger families move into the neighborhood, so it's it's starting to snowball a bit. But yeah, that first year was brutal. Those guys are so great. It's really good to be able to look back at hindsight and and appreciate those funny moments. You know, find the humor in things. That's that's good, man. Really good. Yeah. Especially, you know, with everything that happens at Christmas time, it's never going to be perfect, right? So let's remember back and think back to, you know, those days gone by and just think of the good things and find the humor in what's happened. Sometimes it's better if it's not perfect. You know, those moments when like the turkey you know, explodes or someone drops the gravy at dinner time, the, the, the lights fall down the tree. Those moments sort of bring some humor and some joy back. And you'll always remember it. Exactly. You know, I think this is the perfect time to bring in Dave Fry from Sidewalk Profits. Um, this could be a spoiler alert. So there's tiny children cover their ears for five seconds. That's right. My mom's friend would, would dress up as Santa Claus and come to our house. And she would leave the blinkers on on her car. So we thought Rudolph and the reindeer were out there blinking. Uh, so anyway, so she would come. I would say, hey, mom, how come Santa sounds like Donna? And mom was pushing like because Santa can change his voice to whoever you love. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's so awesome. Anyways, one one Christmas, uh, Santa let in a bird behind behind him. We didn't know. We thought it might be a bat. It was flying around. It knocked over the Christmas tree. Chaos is, is happening. Santa jumps up with his magical bag and he captures the bird, right? And and takes it and he flings it out into the night. And I'll never forget my grandma looking around like broken ornaments and toys all over the ground and she said i've heard of the bluebird of happiness 
but that was the Christmas sparrow of destruction. And I was like, <laughs> man, grandma's right. Like it was, I was like five or six, and I still remember that because like the tree's broken, everything's falling apart, and we all just had to laugh. And it was like a Chevy Chase moment. <laughs> right, so, right. Uh, and then the the other one I, I um, that came to mind was was when I was a little boy. Uh, you know, I love baseball, and so our our neighbor um, ended up. Uh, getting me an autographed Mickey Mantle baseball card for Christmas. And it was unbelievable. Like Mickey Mantle legend. And uh, I was so happy. I was like, this is awesome. Mickey Mantle's just, is just, that's just legendary. It's like, you know, hugging Babe Ruth. And then my brother opened his gift. My brother loves baseball, maybe even more than me. And he opens up his gift and he got an autographed copy of the Polar Express. Beautiful book. And he looked up at, at, at my, my wonderful neighbor, and he said, you got me a stupid book? And I'll never forget that moment because my brother got spanked really hard. And I remember him going into another room, my dad, you know, and respectfully spanking my brother as he should have been. Yeah. And uh, I said that that was my favorite Christmas present. And I said that him on, getting on, a spanking? on a radio station. Him getting yeah, a spanking was, was your... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I said that on a jokingly on a radio show. And lo and behold, pitcher legend Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan was listening to me talk on the radio that day. Uh, we were at Texas uh, at the baseball park that, that he owns uh, there at Minor League Stadium. And Nolan Ryan was listening. He called the stadium and asked the stadium to give me an autographed baseball from Nolan Ryan to give to my little brother the next Christmas. So now wow. my you know, he was he was like four. Now he's like thirty. You know, thirty. Yeah. And uh, and so I at Christmas, I I wrap up this baseball. I also wrap up a book. And so when my brother opens up the book, he's like, "Oh, thanks for the book, man. That's cool." And then I was like, "I got another gift." And I had him open it up, and I said, "Oh, sorry, that one's for me. It's a Nolan Ryan autograph." And he <laughs> he he laughed, and I said, "No, it's actually for you." And I told him that story. And so all these years, it came full circle. Uh, that my brother ended up getting an amazing legend of baseball, uh, you know, to, to autograph something for him. And I thought that was a pretty pretty cool Christmas gift uh, all these years later. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool moment for sure. That is awesome. And he didn't get spanked, so that was good. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the only difference. That was the only difference. He didn't get spanked that Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I love about the conversation we have is – this reoccurring idea of these full circle moments, how everything sort of comes right back. Mm-hmm. And that was such a great moment and such a great, like, feel good moment for them as a family. So, and how many years later? How many years later, yeah, too, exactly. right? It's like, that is just so wild, you know? So good. It's so it's nice so when good. it all works out in the end. I, that, that's just an incredible, moving story, you know? It put, puts yeah. a tear to your eye. So, totally. I, I really, you know, when you speak about feel good moments, I do enjoy Christmas Eve services. I miss that. You know, they're often very busy because it's a busy time of year. And so I haven't always been able to attend one because then you're going to be up early the next day. And typically in my family, we always leave it to the last minute to wrap gifts. So that's the last couple of Christmases. Christmas Eve is wrapping, scrambling to wrap up gifts and get them under the tree. And then you're just too exhausted to go to a Christmas Eve service. But I do enjoy the Christmas Eve service, the intimate time. There's so much creativity that can happen in a service like that. And just being with people that you 
know, that you've hung out with over the last year. So nice to see that sort of thing happening again as well. Yeah. I uh, I remember when I was a worship pastor, I used to actually kind of be <laughs> a little bit bah humbug about Christmas <laughs> because the, the Christmas Eve services were such these big big ordeals and you know big production a lot and of work intensity and, ex- and expectations higher because yeah. people are expecting like this something beautiful to happen a beautiful moment and it's not the and, usual either right it's not the usual right. service that's easier to plan because it's right. i hate to say it but but regular church services are almost cookie cutter i don't like saying that but they but, are right there's certain things right? that have to happen in these things but in a christmas eve service well it's totally different sky's the limit right the, the bar is way higher and yeah. the expectations are way higher which is makes it even worse yeah. <laughs> and so it's been good these last few years, I mean, obviously not last year, but um, these last few years, um, sort of just being a musician or just being a dad, you know, and just being at the services without the pressure, without that kind of expectation and just enjoying it for what it is. And, and yeah, enjoying that sense of community even more, that sense of intimacy even more. It's I miss that so much. Yeah. Now, speaking yeah. of Christmas Eve, Tyler Roberts joins us from uh, Red Rocks Worship and How's this for a scenario for a Christmas Eve service? <laughs> well, maybe eight or nine years ago, we had just started using um, <laughs> we had just started using Pro Tools to run all of our tracks at church, and so, but we were so new to it. And to be honest, someone built the session for me. Someone got it all going, and then like all I was supposed to have to do is hit play. Well, we tracked in um, we tracked in some what was the song? It was some Trans Siberian Orchestra song. Uh, Carol of the Bells. Right. Well, we had we had one of our amazing guitar players come in and track all that because real talk, uh, most guitar players can't actually pull that off live very well. And so yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, we got off. It was one of our Christmas services and we got off the track and the, the computer was at front of house. Front of house didn't know we were off. So because I don't know why that that says a lot right there. But um, so they just kept <laughs> it playing. And so, dude, we're like. Like the the it was like dueling guitars. It was just like nothing was working together. We were so off, and we had to get through that whole intro piece. Um, so I'll never forget about that. Uh, humble beginnings, oh. and you know what? Not even humble beginnings. God keep, has a way of keeping us humble even now. It's it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, when something goes wrong, it goes wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And you can visualize that. You can just, you know, you were there. You knew exactly what happened. From a musician standpoint, from a technical standpoint, you knew exactly what happened. And you're just cringing, just cringing, Cringe. knowing all of this. Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, thankfully, um, we can also look back and remember the things that have gone right. Absolutely. Sort of, you know, yeah. Right? <laughs> because we're going, okay, yeah, that sucked. But at least, you know, there's that and there's that and there's that. That's so, right. Yeah. Well, and you learn from it. You learn from it as well, right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it, man. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking yeah. of things going right, let me say 2021 has been an interesting year. And I guess from the from the start, I'll say Maverick City, wow. I mean, they really yeah. blew up this year. 
They really did. Yeah, they, they did. They, we've been trying to get them on the podcast for a long time, guys. Come, yeah. come on the podcast. Well, you they, they got themselves on the map, that's for sure. <laughs> because a yeah, year and a half yeah. ago, I don't know of many people that would have known of Maverick City. Or, sorry, Mav City. That's the cool way to say it, right? <laughs> Mav City. <laughs> yeah, they did something really special where during the pandemic, they really pushed hard on YouTube. I mean, they were pushing hard before. Um, but that's where they really got traction because people were at home. Yeah. And they had all this content. And so well, they were releasing content. That was the key for them was content. Like I cannot yeah. believe yeah. the amount of content they pushed out in a very short yeah. period of time. And and you're right. I think yeah. that's what really did it for them. And, and of course, being played on the radio now and everybody exactly. knows who they are. And, and if you don't know who they are, check them out. And a friend of mine that's I got right. together with a few weeks back and he loves old style vineyard type music. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, we talk about what's your favorite song and everything else. And I said, have you ever heard of Maverick City? He says, no, I haven't heard of Maverick City. And I just played Promises, their song Promises. And and it's kind of right up that vineyard, you know, old old school vineyard alley anyways. And I knew he would love it. And sure enough, he loved it. And I'm sure it's on his playlist now. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, 2021, also interesting with... I've noticed a lot of crossover over the last year. And by crossover, I mean a lot more. Like, you've always had the Kirk Franklin who crossed over from gospel to the CCM world. But more so now with guys like Dante Bow and Jordan Armstrong and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and or CC Winans, like all of that stuff oh, where it's sure. it's yeah. being played on mainstream Christian radio right. versus just gospel stations before uh, throughout the yeah. United States. And then the other thing I've noticed is a lot of, and this is nothing new, but I've just noticed it a lot more over the last year is the crossover between country and Christian, mm-hmm. right? Which I know you'll agree is easier. Right, yeah, yeah. but the fact that it's become acceptable in the CCM world, right, to to get a little bit of that twang, you know, your Ann yeah. Wilson, even Rhett Walker, and yes. Zach Williams to a certain extent. I mean, he's always been in the CCM world, but he's got that flavor that's kind of country to him. That's right, and that's right. maybe that's the reason why you know some of these other artists have been able to get into the Christian into the Christian world. Yeah, definitely. That's a very interesting thing where country and CCM they're so interesting intertwined and they're they're so incestuous if you will like a a lot of people play who play for you know this artist in the country world would also play for this artist in the ccm world and back and forth yeah um but it's really cool kind of hearing yeah these country tracks being played on ccm radio or these gospel tracks now being played on ccm radio what i'm curious about is seeing how kanye is now the biggest ccm artist of the year how do you feel about that I don't. I don't feel he is, though. I don't feel no, he, he is. No, he, he actually was. No, no. So, he, um, Billboard. Billboard right. said he is the number one CCM. Artist. But that's what Billboard yeah. said. I, that's what Billboard said. I don't know that Billboard has any clue. I, well, you know, it's I think basic numbers. It's yeah, a numbers think, game, right? right? I think that's it, all it is. Yeah, I agree. It's it's numbers. I don't n- know that he's necessarily getting tons of airplay on any of his yeah. stuff, yeah. and and yeah. especially like maybe it's old news. Right? Because what has he done in the last six months? He released a, an album of like 30,000 songs. An album of 30,000 songs? <laughs> 
Not really. I think it's like 32 songs on it. And right. I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. It's some crazy amount of number. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't see that he's really had such a. I think he's had more of an impact on the mainstream secular radio. Right. I, I and, agree. And those agree. listeners than to the CCM world and those listeners. Right. Right. So I understand. Totally I understand what Billboard is saying. I'm not saying like if you get to the Dove Awards. Or to the the Grammys and stuff, maybe he wouldn't get so high a, a position. You know, maybe he'd be the right, runner up yeah. or something like that. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's been interesting, an interesting year. If you had asked me a year ago about Kanye, I would have said, yeah, well, that kind of makes sense, right? Right. But but this year, I think he's kind of, I I haven't heard a lot from him in the last few months, right? Except you know what's going on with his marriage and. And right. everything else, right? right? So, and maybe that's yeah, the yeah. reason why I'm, I'm I feel the way I am. Having said that, he was one of the guys I would never want to chat with on the podcast, and I've said that and to now, you for years. And now I'd, I'd yeah. still be interested. You know, I'd be interested in him. I'd be interested in Mr. Biebs, Justin Bieber. Mr. Biebs. Uh, there's only one person I wouldn't want on the podcast, and I'm not even going to name who that is. Come on, do it, do it. All I want for Christmas is. It's <laughs> the only time you hear her music. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, that's good. Okay, let's focus. 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 We, we we have a Christmas episode we're doing here. We're mm-hmm. you know way off base. So yeah, let's let's get back to it. Uh, Andrew Rip, one of our guests over the last year, and it was a great conversation with him. And here's his story that he'd like to share about Christmas. Yeah, my my uh, my mom's cousin Randy, is, is, he he came to my my grandma's place one one Christmas for a family get together and he you know it's like the kind of cousin you don't see every year so it's like kind of special when he shows up and he's kind of a quiet reserved guy and me and my cousins were musicians so we usually have guitars that we bust out at some point and everybody you know in the living room and whether they be singing along or we're just jamming songs or whatever i remember starting to play the riff from the doobie brothers Long Train Running. You mm. guys know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's Not really Christmassy, awesome but that's okay. <laughs> no. No, no, no. But there was a Christmas tree right there. So, okay, okay, hey, okay. There, that paints the scene. <laughs> but it was Christmas Christmas Day. I started playing that groove, and um, my this very quiet, reserved man got up off of his chair, walked into the center of the room, and just started losing his mind dancing. Oh, wow. And we'll never forget, the whole family just started to die laughing. And... We all reference it all the time because it was so left field. Like Randy doesn't even talk, <laughs> but he got up that day and lost his mind in front of the Christmas tree. And it was just awesome. It was awesome. So that's, that's what comes to mind for me. That's great. I can visualize that too. That's great. Yeah. Oh man, it was good. Yeah. Man, now there's a breakthrough artist, Andrew Rip. I love this guy. And hey, just from me to you listeners, if you haven't heard his version of Joy to the World, it is one of my favorite Christmas songs ever. Check it out. Andrew Rip is amazing. The song is just too short. <laughs> right? Because I've, I've played it on the radio. I think it's less than three yeah. minutes. Like, come yeah, on, give right. us more. Give us more. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? <laughs> You are listening to our 2021 Between the Grooves Christmas special. James Curtis along with Drew Brown and Maddie Mullins with a Christmas memory to share with us. This is the honest to God truth. I was probably four, five years old, maybe six. 
And uh, we had family friends named the Jonases. And my sister was best friends with the girl in the Jonas family. And that girl in the Jonas family went on to date Michael Tate. And so when the Jonas family came over to our house for Christmas, I was very young. They brought Michael with them to our house. Oh, wow. In Spokane, Washington. Michael Tate sat in my living room and ate every single Reese's out of the bowl on the table. <laughs> I will never forget. He, he ate all the Reese's. Every single Reese's peanut butter cup out of the bowl that was on the table. And I was sitting on the couch next to him. And uh, I will literally never forget that. You can ask anyone in my family. We'll all remember that. That is awesome. That's amazing. And now I want chocolate. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dude, I can go for some chocolate right now. I'm so hungry. Yeah, so am I. Some of those Reese's. Oh yeah, why God. did we have Maddie back? Why? Why? <laughs> but a small world running into Michael of Newsboys. Actually, it would have been DC Talk at the time. Yeah, I Michael guess so. Tate. We wow. need, now, he's a, that's a guy we need to have on the podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Come on, Tate. We want to talk to you. That'd be nice. You know, one of the groups that has made a big splash this year as well, and they're also a crossover group, is the family band Kane. And here they are now with a Christmas story to share with us. Yes. Okay, so the Kane family, we love Christmas. Like we, it's almost annoying to people because we'll decorate as soon as Halloween's over. Like Thanksgiving is basically Christmas for the Kane family. <laughs> but um, in 1998, our mom... Uh, we were in Tennessee visiting some family and she got a really bad stomach ache. And so we, I mean, I was only eight years old, so I was just kind of like goofing off doing kid stuff, but I just remember it getting serious. And so dad brought us in there to like pray for her and, um, it just kept getting worse. And so he finally took her to the emergency room and we had just met some new friends of my parents. And so we actually had to go stay with them for Christmas Eve which was kind of like not a tradition for us at all. Like we're normally in our home, we're doing our cane stuff. And we had to stay with these new people that we just met. So we're already really homesick. And my mom ended up having um, to have her, she had appendicitis. She She had to have an appendectomy on Christmas Eve. And so we spend Christmas Eve away from our parents. But what was so cool is that we woke up, you know, Christmas morning, the family had went and purchased gifts for us, all three cane kids, including their own children. And they didn't even really know us that well, but to wake up and feel like we were still cared about, even though we couldn't be with our mom and dad, um, it was amazing. It was so cool. And then we traveled back home and somehow Santa Claus had left gifts for us in Hartsville, Alabama too. Yeah. So parents can't <laughs> do that all in one night. <laughs> You know, one of my favorite Christmas stories is uh, the one that Jordan Smith shared. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. And have you heard his new Christmas song? Oh, so good. Oh, if you so have good. not heard his song, it's called Oh, Come, Let Us Adore. And Let you might adore. you might start listening to the song and think it's just the same old, same old. Same it, old, same old. It is but not. No. Oh, but it, no, is, a, it yeah. is a powerful, powerful song that uh, you have to listen. Jordan Smith with Oh, Come, let us adore. And here is his Christmas story that he's sharing with us. Christmas of 2016 was, I thought, going to be a really difficult Christmas because I lost my grandfather in 2016. Uh, he had Parkinson's disease and dementia, and he passed away in March just as my first record was coming out. And it was like the hardest thing I've ever been through. And that Christmas, we were all so worried about 
what it was going to be like when we gathered with family, knowing that he wasn't there. And we're all gathered around the Christmas tree, me and my cousins and my aunts and my uncles, our whole extended family. And my mom brings out this bag and she pulls it out and it's pillows that she has made with my papa's old shirts. Oh, oh, wow. And she hands these out and in the pocket is my my grandmother has this thing called a, she calls it a bread box and it's just a little like crystal box and when you open it up it has little slips of paper inside and they all have a verse and she says that's your daily bread and every time you come in the house she says get a slice of bread and you open it up and it's a verse that you need for that day and she has taken verses from her bread box and slipped them into the pocket on the front of the pillow it's the it's the shirt pocket and so just in this moment, we're all feeling so down and, and, you know, just like sad that he's not there. And then she hands us this, these pillows and it has the verse from my grandmother and it has my grandfather's shirt. And I would thought it was going to be a sad moment, but instantly you just sort of felt him in the room. I mm. mean, this thing smelled like him even. It was still, I mean, it was his clothes that had been in his drawer. Um, and I still have it. I'm actually looking at it right now as I'm talking. I still have the pillow. Um, and I, I'd use it often and it still sort of smells like him. And it's just a way that he is still so present. And every Christmas I put it out because it's red. It matches all of our Christmas. stuff. So every Christmas I put it out and it's just, honestly, it's just so special. And I think back to that moment of, of being so concerned about what it was going to be like to miss him. And then to have him there with us, sort of a piece of him in the room. It was just so special. That's nice. That's nice. Very unique as well. If I've never heard anything That's, like that. Yeah. That's amazing. It was awesome. Very, very if, if you've if you've lost a loved one or you know someone that has, that is like a, a really beautiful tribute, and it's a really awesome way to like have a piece of them. Yeah, that's a very creative idea too. I've never heard of that, and that's I know my mom's so the good. She's so oh, good. Oh wow, that's amazing. I mean, just amazing. <laughs> Almost like matching PJs. Although that <laughs> you know the thing that his family's done with the pillows. I mean, that's got to be so meaningful every year. Right? Yeah. Matching PJs has got nothing on that. You know what I'm saying? No, No, it definitely does not. I've never done the matching PJs. I think it would be fun to do when when your kids are young, but Mm -hmm. I think if you do it over and over again, it could be, I suppose, a good tradition. I kind of think you'd get tired of it after a while if that's all you've got. Fair you know, enough. Right? Yeah. There's, there's got to be more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I'm like, well, matching PJs, whatever. But I love the idea of themed PJs. <laughs> so like like Christmas-themed PJs would be cool. Or like in my house, if it was the Avengers-themed PJs, it would happen every single year. I'm sure. <laughs> not not the same PJs every year. Just a different No, it would be like probably year. new ones. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As new characters come out or new movies come out. Yeah. It can get pretty costly, too. That's a thing, yeah. Like you've seen in the stores the Christmas suits that are, yep. you know. And I'm thinking to myself, it's kind of fun and amusing. But totally, yeah. you're going to buy it and, and likely wear it once or twice. You can't wear it every year. Exactly. So you got to buy another one every year or something. Exactly. It's, I don't know if I'd spend the money on something like yeah. that, you know. Yep. But uh, speaking of kids, Aaron Williams, co-founder of Duell Songs, got a great story to share about something that happened with his kids. My, uh, I have two little boys. My oldest son, seven. My youngest is just turned five. And so he was, he just turned five. He was four at Christmas and we were, he he loves to draw and paint and just, you know, he just get in a creative space. And so he was drawing and painting this Christmas tree with presents under it. And he was going to give it to one of our neighbor friends. And I was listening to a song in the car and it had this, it had this lyric in it that 
basically was talking about the arrival of Jesus and how the artist stepped onto the canvas. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it intentionally. And, and he brought that lyric up to me and he said, dad, is it, what does it mean that the artist stepped onto the canvas? And here he is painting this Christmas tree. And I was, and I literally got to like, try to teach him like, well, isn't this amazing that God was the artist? So he created everything. And then he stepped down into it when Jesus was born. And, you know, it was one of these, as a four-year-old, I could see his wheels turning. And he brought that back up literally every time that he sat down at the kitchen table to, to paint something all, all Christmas season. And I'll just never forget that this year. It just kind of solidified how even his four-year-old mind he could get around the idea like he he was beginning to grasp the significance of jesus being born you know he god he created all this and then he stepped down into his creation and i think i'll forever kind of remember that lyric to that i think it's a hill song song called arrival i'll just never listen to that lyric in the same way again you know after watching my son paint and talk about it wow Thanks, Aaron. That was that was good. That was really good. Yeah. Speaking of lyrics, you hear a lot of similar themes in Christmas songs, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Like themes of hope and joy, peace, love, obviously. Adoration, yeah, oh, come let us adore him. That's right. Yeah, all that stuff. Tim Timmons was one of our guests this past year as well. Yeah, Tim has something really, really great to share today. Oh, um, there are some hard moments that I have. Um I think I think there's a idea when everybody says Merry Christmas, when it hit me that the word Merry didn't mean actually happy and happy-go-lucky, you know, um, happy Christmas, that the old English word of Merry actually means mighty or powerful. And I think when that hit me, I was like, oh, gosh, that's, that's pretty strong. Like, this is either a, just a happy Christmas where baby Jesus is born or this is a mighty and a powerful season. I think it, it gave Christmas a bigger meaning for me. Wow. That was amazing. That was. I, I never even thought yeah. of it from that perspective. And it and it changes oh, it changes it all, doesn't it? It, it really wild. does. Yeah. That yeah, I, nice. I have a Christmas song called Mighty Christmas, and that's the whole story behind it. I never knew that. Right? That's, yeah. That's amazing. That's a, it really is. Yeah, it really is. And it changes your perspective on everything, doesn't it? It really, really does. So happy Christmas to you. Forget the Mary part. And to you. That's well, the right. Mary, Mary still makes sense, but that's it's, right, yeah. it, it's not what we think it is. It's not that's the right. happy-go-lucky thing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Speaking of so good, next up, we have a legend in the CCM world. He is one of the greats and one of the finest, and we get to hear from Scott Wesley Brown. When I was a, a, a little boy, I wanted a bicycle so bad for Christmas and uh, just kept asking my parents, nagging them and just saying, please tell Santa I want a bicycle and you know, finally Christmas morning arrived and my brother and I ran down the steps and there in the Christmas tree were all the presents and I was looking around and my brother went, hey, I got a bicycle. Oh. And I remember I remember just being so distraught. My, my brother got a bicycle and I, I looked at all the other presents and I, I looked at my parents and I said, he got a bicycle. My dad said, son, turn around. And I turned around and there was a bike sitting there for me. And I guess the point of that is I had been so caught up in everything, the, 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 the Christmas tree, the lights, all the presents, all the glitter, 
of Christmas that I, I missed that I had a bite. And I think the same thing can happen to us spiritually. Uh, we can miss Jesus at Christmas. We can get caught up in the whole thing and miss the whole point. Yeah, I think it's so easy just to miss the whole point of Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, for me personally, um, I guess what I'm looking forward to this Christmas is just the rest for one and the focus. And the rest has to just to do with the fact that leading up to Christmas, for me anyways, and I'm sure for many others, it's just a really, really busy time of year. From September onwards, for me at the radio station, just crazy busy with adding the new Christmas songs, getting them scheduled, on-air promotions, special programming, whatever. And as I said, I think it's a time for many other people to take the time just to rest, but also to focus, to focus on the meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas, because that gets lost in this culture that we live in today, right? So not only focusing on Christmas and what it's about, but also looking at life, you know, your family life, even your work life and things in general, and maybe even focusing on what you want to change in your life. Right. It's almost like a New Year's resolution, but yes. it's not because you're, this yes. is something you need to be serious about, right? What what changes, what things would you like to see differently in 2022, right? Yeah, that's so what you just said the last part is is my thing too as i go deeper into this holiday season and for me it's two things it is kind of like trying to make these small but powerful changes in my routines in my mindset whatever the case might be and implement them now right you know start and create some sort of routine some sort of like process so when 2022 comes in i'm already in it so that's a big thing for me so just changing up the routines a healthier way to kind of you know live life and find that and find what works for me um, but also trying to do less. I'm doing less parties this year, less gigs. This, I mean, I still got to play because I got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing less of the things that cause stress and tension this year. Because sometimes it's always about the parties and always about the getting the perfect gifts. And always I'm doing a lot more experience gifts with like friends and family this year. Right. Um, less, you know, Amazon shopping, less going to the mall. Doing less parties in terms of me going out, doing less, you know, hangouts. Just trying to make things a little bit quieter and simpler this year. The going out can be exhausting. It really can. You know, be. If you're going to take a, time, I'm a between, heavy introvert. Yeah, so I need that space. Yeah, and if you're going to be taking time between Christmas and New Year's, and sometimes you're kind of forced to because that's the only time you can get together with everybody. Right. 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 But at the same time, if you're going every single like I can't go every single day doing something like that. I need. It's like when I've gone on cruises in the past. I don't mind you know landing at an island right. and touring yeah. that island. But hopefully the next day I'm not landing at an island and I can have a right. sea day and just kind of relax and recuperate, get ready for the next yes. trip out, right? I'm the same way. Yeah, so between Christmas and New Year's, it's funny because my wife and I have been kind of making plans already. We've got this that we have to attend. We've got this that we have to attend. Let's spread it out a bit. Okay, we got a day in between. That's great. And she's still working between Christmas and New Year's. I've got some time off, but she's still working. So she's got to think about you know how much she can handle physically right. and mentally as well, right? That's right. So between my wife working, the kids are still doing their part-time job at the grocery store. So I'm going to be going back and forth, but I get probably the most break out of everybody in my family. I'm not gloating or anything. I need that time to rest, you know, Uh, kind of. Sorry. 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 Okay. Well, that's good. And I mean, I think these are all sort of, you know, wise things for us to do and healthy choices, blah, 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 blah. That's good. And it's a good way to sort of spend the Christmas season. I think speaking of good ways of spending the Christmas season, (laughs) Next up, I believe we have Mr. Brett Perkins. Let's see what he has to say. Uh, My dad surprised me and my older brother with a trip 
to Texas to go hunting. And so we we walked downstairs. We saw these two big coolers. We didn't know what they were for. Um, but inside the coolers was some hunting gear and a binder. And it said, we're getting on a plane tomorrow and we're flying down for a three-day hunting trip in Texas. And wow. we flipped out. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching the video. This 13-year-old Brett is super country Brett. And I said, Dad. <laughs> No, and I ran over there. I started crying, and I hugged him. <laughs> now, if we could just put everybody at ease, you were not hunting reindeer, just so we're clear. We were not hunting reindeer. Okay. No, we were we were hunting. Other that would things. just ruin Christmas. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. no, they were white tails. Okay, and then there was other. There was like hogs and other things too, which was fine. But okay, yeah, okay, that's good. So what I'm hearing is Rudolph is still alive, Whew. right? The reindeers are safe. That's what I'm hearing. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, kids, you can come back in the room now. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, Josh Wilson with a Christmas story that I'm sure has happened to many of us. Not necessarily at Christmas time, but certainly it's more meaningful at this time of year. Yeah, so I can tell you about a Christmas memory that I've thought about hundreds of days a year. For the last 20 years, Um, I was saving up. This was my junior year of high school. I was saving up for a guitar and I went to uh, the music store every day after school to go play this guitar. It was a tailor and every day I'd go play it after school and I was saving up and I had about three months left until I had the money to buy it. I actually taught guitar lessons for my job and I was saving up the money and I went into the store one day and it was gone. Somebody had bought it and I was devastated. I mean, it was just sort of my dream guitar. And I went home and sort of moped around for the rest of the week and told my parents, somebody bought that guitar I was saving for. Well, fast forward to Christmas and I walk out and that guitar is under the tree. Uh, My dad had bought the guitar. The store owner called my dad and said, listen, Josh has been looking at this guitar. Someone else is eyeing it and about to buy it. I just wanted you to know that it's about to be gone. And my dad went and bought it because he knew how much I wanted it. And it is the guitar that I have played at thousands of shows, thousands of concerts. I use it, you know, I play, I play 150 shows on it a year. Um, and it's, it's pretty much my only guitar. I've got a backup that I use when this one's in the shop. But um, I got it in the Christmas of 2000. Wow, Josh still using the same guitar after all these years. That's like 20 plus years already. (laughs) Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, totally. What about you? Do you still have an original guitar that you got many, many years ago and you still play it? You know what? I do. Um, But it wasn't on a Christmas day. It was actually for my birthday. When I first started getting into music as as a Christian artist, that is, a bunch of friends um, bought, pitched in and helped me buy uh, a really nice guitar, Larave DO3. Sounds amazing. It's actually right behind me right now. Mm-hmm. Still sounds as good as ever. Um, and yeah, I loved it. It's amazing, and I love playing it. I have other guitars I use, but this one just feels like home always. Right, because yeah. you've had it for so long, and you can so, remember all the gigs that you've played with it and everything that's else. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you typically, with your kids and, and whatnot, play songs on Christmas Day, like whether before you open gifts or after gifts? Like, Do you have any kind of traditions like that, given your musical background? You know what? I've actually done a lot of the stuff on Christmas Eve, especially in that season where I wasn't working at a church. I had my Christmas Eve off, right. <laughs> which was brilliant, which was great. Yeah. And so we'd come home and sort of sit around and lounge around and I'd bring out the guitar and sort of we'd 
do the silliest of all Christmas carols. Sure. But on Christmas morning, I have I always make a really cool Christmas playlist filled with like not the usual songs. Right. So I'll find like you know really cool like R and B or gospel artists sing songs. I'll find like some really you know hidden away rock artists sing these songs. Not the usual like Bing Crosby or something like that. Just random stuff. And there'll be a big dance party all Christmas morning. And so we'd be making breakfast or, you know, whatever, sitting around the tree or opening presents. And it'd be like dancing, singing, gifts, laughing. Yeah, Yeah. That's our tradition usually. For us, breakfast is a big deal. And we're probably going to tone it down a bit this year because I'm I'm the type of guy when I wake up, brush my teeth, shower, I want to eat. I don't don't want to wait. And yet we always, every Christmas, plan this big breakfast and it's a lot of work and we all kind of chip in and help prepare. But, you know, I I would have eaten an hour and a half ago and like I'm starving and I'm getting grumpy and stuff. Right. So we're probably going to tone it down a bit this year. Maybe we'll pre-make some stuff the day before. Like I make some awesome French toast. So I've got that in my calendar. That's something I'm going to do on Christmas Eve day or something like that. Make that for the next morning and then half the battle's done. Right. And then after that, we, after we eaten pour some tea or whatever just kind of relax and then we'll read the christmas story and only after we've read the christmas story then we'll open gifts so that's many many hours later right (laughs) right right but it's interesting because you know i think a lot of people do that where they share the christmas story before they open gifts just to keep things in perspective totally and anna golden has this story to share with us okay so my i was raised very 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 um religious uh and my parents since then have been like you know just gotten to know the lord a little more we're not as uh legalistic about everything but when we were kids we were very sheltered very religious we're like family that never listened to any sort it's like crazy the fact that we ended up in mainstream music like we didn't listen to any secular music growing up that was uncalled for right uh we like extremely sheltered we're all homeschooled um i have three siblings so it's four of us but a practice that we had on um, on Christmas is before we could open our gifts, you know, we had to remember what Christmas was about. So before we opened our gifts, we all had to recite Luke 2 by memory. The whole the whole chapter? The entire chapter. And oh I'm like I and I'm the I'm the youngest. So like I was like a little kid and it was like we had to do it all of us, all four of us. And, and then, like, we had to keep starting over. And I remember being so little, being like, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that his senses oh should be made, <laughs> taken to the entire Roman world. And I was like, like literally, like, why do I know that? <laughs> right, right. But that was, we had to, we had to do that before we opened gifts. Wow. And we would just, like, sit on the stairs and be, like, so exhausted until we could all get it fed. So we don't do that anymore. So by Chris, Christmas Day, you know, nighttime, it's starting to get dark. You finally get through it all. Oh yeah, I mean, we'd 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 get there by the grace of God, and then right. like my my parents would then sometimes let my siblings help me, but I was like so small, like I was like just this little kid. I don't even know if I knew what I was talking about. But they they were gonna make sure that we knew we were never those kids that could believe in like Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy. I remember my mom being like. None of these things are real. The only thing that is real is Jesus. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like I didn't I didn't do any of that. We didn't put cookies out. We were reciting Luke too. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or or practicing so for the next day, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. That's right. That's right. A hundred verses. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've yet to meet anybody else that had to do that. So. Yeah, I don't. This is the first I've heard this, so that's incredible. 
That's incredible. I, and, yeah, I, and I'm yeah. impressed, can I say? Yes. No? <laughs> Same here. Yeah, Same here. A little traumatized. There's, a, ni- <laughs> therapy. There's an idea right. for, for parents with young children, a new a new thing to start, new new tradition oh to start up. Gosh. There you go. Oh, yeah, man. maybe yeah. just go for like two, three scripture verses, whole chapter. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, agreed. Oh, man. So funny. Can you imagine? That would not be my favorite thing about Christmas, that's for sure. <laughs> that's right, eh? That's right. Well, speaking of favorite things, these are a few of my favorite things. Love that musical, by the way. Nice, nice, yeah. eh? Nice. <laughs> There's a tradition for you. That's right. Yes, exactly. Here's our friend Rochelle Luke with her favorite thing about Christmas time. The first thing that comes to mind is actually um, singing in a choir at Christmas. That was something I grew up doing in a, in a little church that I grew up in. Um, every Christmas we would sing together and... And I still have been able to do that now, um, you know, before the pandemic. Um, that Christmas we had a choir at my church and that was really special uh, to be, to lead that and to be part of it. And so I think that tradition of, of singing together and just all the, all the joy and laughter that comes with rehearsing <laughs> as we get ready for Christmas, um, those have been really precious memories of that time of year. Yeah, there is something really special about a choir at Christmas time. Mm, the voices, the songs, the, the harmonies. Oh my gosh. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Speaking of choirs, Aaron Schust with something similar to share with us. Well, I'll tell you the first thing that I think of when I think of Christmas. Um, and maybe I'll have a more meaningful one later on today, but my, the first thing that I'm thinking of is, in fact, Christmas Eve services. Uh, singing in the choir in the church that I grew up in, and this church is slightly over 100 years old now, um, is very traditional. I'd, I'd sing in the choir, and we, we'd be up in the choir loft all night long, but of course, at the end of the service was the candle lighting. And we would sing Silent Night. We would sing through... Well, uh, you know, I pretty much acapella. Maybe I could hear an organ in the background, which is which is cool if you know the or the origin of the hymn "Silent Night" with the with the organ that didn't work one night in Salzburg. Uh, Salzburg. I think I'm getting the name of that city wrong, but still, I don't know the story, but I know my story, and it was just uh, tearful, just because it's kind of like watching a sunset. When you watch a beautiful sunset, and you just kinda, you get a, or you hear a violin playing, you're like, I don't know why I'm crying, but I am, because you're just witnessing beauty, and to see the the room full of candles, not just candles, but representing people that I knew and loved. At the end of this this buildup, it's now we're we're here. We finished the Christmas Eve service and we're going home. And that first the first row would leave first, and the second row it would file out. And we would sing, we would sing all three verses, of course, in like two minutes flat. And then we would we would hum the fourth verse, and we would sing ooh on the fifth verse with parts and harmony. And I just here I am standing in the middle of the choir with the best surround sound ever, people standing all around me. And I thought that this is, and I look forward to that every year that I was in that choir. And, uh, and miss it to this day. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that. The, 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 the description that you had about the, the humming and the ooing and stuff like that and the harmonies and stuff, it's like, oh, man, that would be amazing. Yes, yes. There's something about standing in the middle of a choir, too. It's, it's completely different from being in the audience and hearing a choir. Yeah. But when you're standing in the middle of it, the tenors are on your right and the bass is on your left and the sopranos and altos in front of you, it's, it's nothing like it. Ah, heavenly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's one thing to to listen to a choir, which I love, 
but it's a totally different experience when you are in and singing with the choir. Yeah. Like like caroling. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever done the door-to-door caroling or something not, similar to that? Not door-to-door caroling in past years. Many, many years ago when, when I was involved in running a youth group, we got a flatbed truck yeah. with a sound system and yeah. we cranked out the tunes and we had microphones and everything else, but you heard really just the tracks when driving sure. down the street. And, right. we, and we went in all the side streets. The cops never stopped us. They probably should have. It was very unsafe. There weren't barriers on this flatbed so people could fall <laughs> okay. off, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you'd see people... You'd It'd be nighttime, right? So you'd be driving along and and you'd see the outside lights coming on in in various houses as you're driving along. They're trying to figure out where's this noise coming from. It's not not noise, okay? It's caroling. Right, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, you'd you'd see happy faces. And then, you know, the neighborhood that we drove in was where some of the youth lived. So their parents would come out, they'd wave. I think we stopped at one house and had some hot chocolate or whatever. So perfect. So yeah, it was it was it was a fun experience. And it you know, if you haven't done that sort of thing, not necessarily on a flatbed truck, but going door right, to door, like right. why not? It's it's yeah. a lot of fun. And it you is. might get the door slammed a couple of times, but I think people for the most part appreciate the fact that you can share the love of Christ when throughout the rest of the year you can't. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good. So awesome. And hey, you know, speaking of Caroling, our next guest is Monique Therese. And I wonder if she's doing some caroling right now in the Bahamas, which is where I like to be. Oh, to spend Christmas there. Let's go. Oh my gosh, please. Okay. Well, I mean, I have a fun, very short, but fun memory of an experience when I was younger, growing up. And every Christmas, um, we would have a group of carolers, uh, Christmas carolers, outside of come outside of our house and they would sing Christmas carols. And um, I think they did that for many years, but um, they don't no longer do it. But I really enjoyed that growing up. Um, it felt like it was one of those things that, you know, when it happened, it felt as if, okay, this is, it feels like Christmas now because, you know, the carolers are outside, um, you know, singing. So that's one fond, fond memory I have of, of growing up as a child and, and um, having that one particular thing in in your life as a part of Christmas that, you know, stood out as, okay, this feels like like Christmas to me. JK, we got time for one more guest. One more guest. I can't believe everybody who's dropped by to share Christmas stories with us today. This has been incredible. This has been a lot of fun. Totally, totally. What a year it's been, eh? It has. Chatting these great people. So good. I can't believe we get to do this. (laughs) And I can't believe many of them have come back just to share what Christmas means to them. And Shauna Kane, she was the 2021 Juno winner for the Contemporary Christian Album of the Year. And she summarizes things really great for us. I guess it would just be um, coming together with family and having the time to eat and enjoy each other's company and really having that moment where it feels like a pause in life. It's like the Christmas time it's like everyone comes together there's a pause we all enjoy the time we're not thinking about work the next day we're not thinking about this or that we're just really in the moment so those are just the moments that I think are cherished well well done Shauna 
couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It really is. Uh, Everything we've heard from all of the many guests that have joined us today, some great stories, some great memories. Before we go, just a quick shout out to Mike, our producer. He took over from Travis earlier this year. He's been doing a phenomenal job just piecing everything together and getting the episodes out. Also want to thank you, Drew, for dropping by for this episode. Great to see you again. Great to chat with you again. And great to share all these memories as well. Totally. It's so good to be back and so good just to see your face, JK. It's been a while. (laughs) And listen, thank you to all of our listeners. If it weren't for them, if it weren't for you, we would not even have a podcast. And we would love to hear your stories as well. If you've got a story to share or a memory that you'd like to share with regards to Christmas, let us know in the comments. Share this episode with your friends and family. I found out recently that our Christmas episodes are one of the most listened to episodes throughout the year. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. Looking forward to 2022. Indeed.